Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Green Bay Packers may be back. Jeff Saturday got a win for the Colts in his first game as interim coach. Uh, but can we start with maybe the game of the year with the Vikings and the Bills uh, last week? Welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. I'm Safi Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are your NFL insiders with USA Today Sports. Tyler, uh, the Vikings-Bills game was a spectacle to see. The Vikings continue to find ways to almost lose games but come back and win them. And Josh Allen, the Bills have lost two in a row now. Um, I really wanted to get your takeaway from the game of the week because I think the Vikings really solidified themselves as not just a a favorite in the NFC North uh, and to win a division, but a potential favorite in the playoffs, man. So a few things from that game. I know everybody is talking about Justin Jefferson's catch, uh, but he was explosive and unstoppable that whole entire game. It was really probably the best receiving performance I saw from a receiver this season. And it made me wonder, okay, why aren't the Bills making an adjustment to double or triple team him and force somebody else to beat him? Even in that uh, failed quarterback uh, uh, sneak that they had or, you know, those goal line attempts that the Vikings had on the goal line, I was like, just throw the ball to Justin Jefferson because the Bills obviously cannot stop him at all. So, you know, the – Definitely the Bills made mistakes to lose that game, that fumble uh, on the goal line, the Josh Allen interception and overtime. The Bills cost themselves that game. However, the Vikings took every opportunity and every Bills mistake and pretty much capitalized, and that's why they're coming away. They came away with the win. However, I will say this. I do like the 49ers as the best team in the NFC right now, even over the Eagles and the Vikings. I think the 49ers, they're playing the best football and they're getting their players back healthy. I know they don't have the best record, but if I had to pick one team in the NFC that looks the best, that's probably the best team right now in the conference, I would pick the San Francisco 49ers. But that's not in the base better than that way. <laughs> That's not disrespect <laughs> to the Vikings. I do believe the Vikings are the third best team in the NFC behind the Eagles. The Vikings, they still sometimes they're a little bit inconsistent. They do come away with the wins, but they don't have a lot of impressive wins outside of that Bills game. It's funny how uh, we start off with the Vikings Bills that I completely forgot the Eagles lost on Monday night. <laughs> lost the first game of the season. <laughs> and you know, you speak about the, the NFC, you know, title race here or, you know, essentially what that's going to be like this year and um the Bucks and Packers have regrouped a little bit. We saw the Packers get a huge win at home over the Cowboys. Christian Watson, um it was a coming out party for him. Him and Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers had three touchdowns together between them. Um, you look at the Bucks; they won against the Rams at home. Then they went all the way to Munich, Germany to beat the Seahawks in a game that I thought the Seahawks were going to dominate, um, and they didn't. And then, you you know, you, I, I'm not too concerned about the Cowboys coming off the bye and losing in Green Bay. Um, I really am excited to see that Dallas and, and uh, Vikings game this week, though. Um, I just don't think... You know, and I think the Eagles, most importantly, man, they did show their weakness the last couple weeks. You can run the ball right up the gut on them um, because Jordan Davis, their star rookie defensive tackle, has been injured, should be coming back later this season when the Eagles really need him. But um, I did not think Washington was going to do it, Tyler. I had a feeling they were going to get some smoke from a a division uh, opponent in the (laughs) NFC East, and sure enough, the Eagles did lose to Washington. But uh, the 49ers are the most well-equipped team, I think, in football. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is doing a great job. He is a game manager of the highest order. I think Christian McCaffrey's addition there has turned their offense even more explosive than it was. Man, even like Debo Samuel's not even getting the ball as much as he was because Christian McCaffrey is there. Right. And that's crazy to think about, Tyler. Um, I think the 49ers are going to do really well. Nick Bosa's on that defense. And when you got a pass rusher like Nick Bosa affecting the other side, everybody on the defense kind of falling behind. And then Christian McCaffrey and, and those guys over there in that offense, I, I think the 49ers are probably the most formidable 
team in the NFC, just like you. Yeah, well, there's no argument for me in that. The 49ers, you look at their offense, we can make a case that Christian McCaffrey's a top five running back. You can make the case that Debo Samuel is top, what, five, top 10-ish receiver. You can definitely make the case that George Kittle's a top five tight end. You can make the case that, what, uh, Trent Williams is a top one left tackle. <laughs> and then on the defensive side, Nick Bosa, what, top three pass rusher? Fred Warner, in my opinion, top one middle linebacker. 49ers are stacked. And when I look at this, the Vikings team or even the Eagles, the Eagles have a tough time stopping a run, especially without their rookie defensive tackle. And that's San Francisco's bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings, yes, they're good. Justin Jefferson, I mean, it's Kirk Cousins. Can you trust him in the playoffs, especially with Nick Bosa and Fred Warner know. on the other side? I don't know. I mean, can you trust Jimmy G in the playoffs too? So that's a question. However, yeah. we've seen Jimmy G go to the Super Bowl. Yes, we have. We've seen him win a lot of games in this mm-hmm. league. How has he win these games? How does he get the post-game interview? <laughs> Most of us don't know, actually. <laughs> we really don't know. <clears throat> um, I want to talk about the Eagles real quick, though, Tyler, because, you know, they did take their first loss this year. I thought it was a good time for them to kind of take one on the chin a little bit. Um, you know, you had three turnovers in that game. You had two calls that didn't go your way against them. Um, calls that just they, they were the right calls. The roughing the passer when Heineken was taking a knee, that wasn't good. Um, there was a face mask that was missed, I'm, I'm sure, too, in that game that the Eagles would have had to love. But uh, division opponents are the toughest ones that you will face every year in the NFL. Um, Washington is going to be taking that back. You know, they're going to be bragging about that for the next couple of years. And the <laughs> Eagles can't wait to go and play Washington later this season. But I think when the Eagles get Jordan Davis back, I think they'll be okay. I'm not sure if there's a D tackle out there <clears throat> to really uh, provide the depth that, uh, you know, the Eagles need to kind of shore up the, top, the the front of their defense there. But you kind of seen how the Eagles operate. It's, it's not really A.J. Brown or bust, but if they don't open it up for A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard, like there's a lot of pressure on the run game for Jalen Hurts. Like Miles Sanders wasn't really a factor in that game. Um, you know, some of the other Eagles running backs weren't a factor. The Eagles started strong, but they couldn't finish that one out. But I still think, you know, they're going to be a lot. I, I still think the Eagles are better than a lot of other NFC teams. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I'm not sure about the 49ers. Yeah, I still have the Eagles winning the NFC East, but you do start to see their weaknesses. Um, you know, I'm seeing them the past few weeks. And it even started with that uh, Houston Texans game. <laughs> Their run defense was uh, kind of bad in that game, and it definitely was bad against uh, Washington, the Commanders. So, I mean, shout out to the Commanders for pulling out a huge win. That was probably uh, their best win of the season by far. It's not even close. Yeah, I would say so too. <laughs> but Tyler, something that's unique to me, and well, maybe not so unique to me, but. Um, it, it looks like we have the East Coast San Francisco team too, Tyler. There's a team East, on the, I, I yeah. hope you're not. I, 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 I think yeah. I know where you're going. I think I, think I know you where do. you're going. I think you, you do. Go. And there's, there's a team that's doing everything that San Francisco's doing over on the East Coast. Uh, who, they, who is uh, that? They actually, uh, they actually on a coast on the East Coast. Um, you know, really nice weather, nice and sunny. You know, we don't have a Golden Gate Bridge in Miami, but uh, we got a lot of other stuff in Miami, including two two MVP candidates on the same team. Two MVP candidates? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes yeah. plays for the Dolphins? No, 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 no. This, you know, that's only one MVP candidate on oh, that team. okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, the, Dolph- the, the Dolphins have two. It's Tyreek Hill and it's, uh, you know, my boy Tua Tungabailoa here. But look, the Dolphins are doing everything the 49ers are doing, if you ask me. You got the same kind of offense you're running. <clears throat> Jeff Wilson, you took him exactly from the 49ers to run the same offense. The you third string of, running back on the 49ers. Yeah, well, everybody's a third string when you got <laughs> Christian McCaffrey coming in the door, right? Um, but Tua Tungavailo is managing games similar to Jimmy Garoppolo, probably putting up better numbers than him, of course. Um and Christian McCaffrey's the star weapon, but Tyreek Hill's the star weapon on this side over here too. 
and and Bradley Chubb is definitely in that conversation winning most uh TJ Watts and those guys, top five, top ten edge rushers. You see the same thing going on in Miami as San Francisco, Tyler? I know you see it as much as you want to deny that you don't see it here. <sighs> well, you know, I know we're going to talk about coaching grades later, and I did give the Dolphins a pretty good grade. So, Ooh, you know, I, I, I like I, to I hear am, it. I am objective. I'm unbiased. I can admit the Dolphins are playing well right now. Your boy Ooh. Tua is performing um like an MVP candidate, I guess I'll say. <laughs> oh, objective <laughs> uh, Tyler in the building. Ty, Tyreek Hill, I mean, he's you can make the case that he's the best receiver in the National Football League the way uh, he's performing. Um, overall, I do like what I see from Miami. However, I, I still think the Bills are a better team. I believe the Chiefs are a better team. And, you know... Th- I think the Ravens, they're still, they shot themselves in the foot when they played yeah. the Dolphins. And they had yeah, that game one. I, I do believe the Ravens can beat the Dolphins as well. However, that's not a knock on the Dolphins. They are playing really good football right now. And I'll have to say, I think they're going to make the playoffs off it. I, I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Oh, <laughs> I, think, I think so, too, Tyler. It's crazy. The Jets and Patriots didn't play last week, but uh, all four AFC East teams ended last season, in the, uh, ended last week, excuse me, with, uh, you know, essentially in the playoffs if they were going to start this week. Um, I think the Jets and Patriots are going to play themselves out. But, you know, you mentioned the Chiefs there. You mentioned the Bills. You mentioned the Ravens. Dolphins got wins over two of those three teams. Um mm-hmm. You know, not every team can say that. I do think, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about Buffalo real quick because, you know, they have obviously lost two games to the Jets, lost to the Vikings last week. Um, even in the second half against the Packers the week before, Josh Allen didn't look great. Uh, he played with that elbow injury. Uh, I think his elbow might be fine. I, I don't think it's something that could really <clears throat> maybe hinder the rest of the season, although there will be some some inherent rest that kind of happens over the you know next couple of weeks that help Josh Allen get back to 100% as possible. But um, I think it's a good thing that Josh Allen is getting picked off the way he is or, you know, making bad plays the way he has because he kind of needs to see it for himself too that uh, for as good as he can play, he can play a little poorly and it can cause Buffalo and for all we've known with Buffalo for the last two seasons, even the last three seasons, that team is Josh Allen or bus. They're only going to go as far as they take as he takes them. Like literally every play this season, every touchdown that the Bills have scored, I believe if it's at least 25 of them, 22 of them, the ball is in Josh Allen's hands. He's either running it or passing it for a touchdown. Uh, I don't think Devin Singletary's had many rushing touchdowns this season because Josh Allen is dominating the ball, but it's boomer bust for Josh Allen, and it's not a bad recipe because the Bills are still a top five team in that NFL and <clears throat> still a favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I think that's been uh, a lot of people's concern about Buffalo uh, for the past few seasons. They are too dependent on Josh Allen. If Josh Allen doesn't play like an MVP or an All-Pro, the Bills are in a position to lose the game. And you know, definitely in that overtime and late in the second half, he was an average at best quarterback. And the <laughs> the Bills lost their way and ended up coughing up that game. Now, definitely their defense made some questionable mistakes. Von Miller tried his best to close the game, how Von Miller does. But then the secondary, which is uh, still banged up a little bit, couldn't handle just Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson was playing like the best receiver in the National Football League in that game. So you have to give credit where credit is due. But I do believe, you know, with the when I look at the Bills and watch how they perform in games, they're still the most talented team in the National Football League when healthy. However, I don't think they have the winning makeup, I'll say, when it's winning time in the playoffs, to get over the hump, to go to the Super Bowl, I don't think they have it. And I know the Chiefs have it because I've seen it before. 
And so that's why I still, I don't care if the game's in Buffalo or in Kansas City. And it's looking like the game will possibly be in Kansas City. And the Chiefs aren't afraid of the Bills. I know the Bills aren't afraid of the Chiefs, but the Chiefs know how to get over the hump. And I don't believe the Bills do. Because if they did, they would have won that game against the Vikings at home. You cannot fumble the ball uh, at your own goal line. And when it's fourth and 18, you can't give up. You, you make that play. You make that play. And now, yes, it was miraculous. One of the best catches, if not the best catch we've ever seen by Justin Jefferson. But you, you have to know that that's what Kirk Cousins is going to. And he went to him in overtime, too. Like, <laughs> you know where the football's going. <laughs> you know where it's going. Now, can you stop it? So... I, I, I really don't trust the Bills in clutch, clutch situations, mm. make or break with the season on the line. I um, I don't know, man. They beat the Chiefs earlier this year for me. That That's good enough for me because the thing with the Chiefs that is going to be a handcuff for them is the games that are tough for them offensively, you're going to be looking for the spark that Tyreek Hill provided. Um, you know, it's it's a it seems like a lazy thing to say about the Chiefs, but I think it's really relevant. Uh, relevant, excuse me. Um, you know, you missed a guy like Tyreek Hill in that loss against the Chiefs uh, uh, against the Bills earlier this season. Um, it showed up maybe at other times too, maybe not against the 49ers when he blew them out. Um, but in that Titans game, I felt like they missed something like that too, where you just had somebody who was a freak of nature that can go get the ball and make a couple plays happen for you, and it opens up everything else for your world offensively. Um, Kadarius Tony has an ability to kind of do that with one or two plays. Um, Travis Kelsey still has the ability to do that. Um, Josh Allen has the ability to do that, just like Stephon Diggs does. For me, it's who's going to be that guy that steps up when those two teams play again this year. Is it going to be, you know, Kadarius Tony? Is it going to be a Gabe Davis? Is it going to be Devin Singletary? Is it going to be you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Isaiah Pacheco or Jarek McKinnon. Like, who's going to be, you know, Juju Smith, Marquez Valdez-Canting? I'm naming a lot more Chiefs than I'm naming Bills players. <laughs> okay, who's going to be that other guy? Let me ask you this question, though. With the game on the line, with B-level receivers, who do you trust more, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. Twi- to a tongue of Iloa. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know who you're going to <laughs> <laughs> With the game on the line, you're going to pick Patrick With the Mahomes. game on the line, yeah. I mean, you know what? You pick Pat Mahomes, I'll pick Josh Allen. I, I, I think you can't really go wrong with those two guys. You, you can't really go wrong. And Josh Allen has Diggs, Stephon Diggs, but Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey. You take those two away, okay. Gabe Davis and then Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, that's kind of a push to me, in my opinion. I don't know, man. Juju A scoring four touchdowns in a playoff <laughs> game when it costs, you know, like and Gabe Davis has. Kadavius Tony, that's a sleeper. He had a breakout game last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know it's an, uh, an inferior opponent, but I think Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they're going to, you know, utilize him a lot more in his playmaking. You think? Ability. You think? Yes. <laughs> you think that's my Gator boy too, Tyler? We we know you love your Florida boys. Let's go, let's go. All right, guys, let's kick it into some headlines here. And uh, probably the biggest one from this week, Tyler, is Cooper Cup's high ankle sprain. It's going to sideline him for a couple weeks. And I'm here to tell you now, Tyler, your Rams, your favorite team. I know the Bay's better than L.A., but your Rams, your favorite team, their season's done for, man. I think the Rams season is done for. Like, who's going to play offense for that team? It was all Cooper (laughs) Cup. It was all Cooper Cup. They don't have a run game. They don't have a number two receiver. Sorry, Allen Robinson. Sorry, Van Jefferson. Sorry to whoever else is on that team. But I think the Rams season, this title defense, you might want to put a nail in the coffin, Tyler. Yeah, Cooper Cup was the Rams' number one and number two receiver. And we saw in the Super Bowl uh, probably their best running back as well. (laughs) So (laughs) that is a devastating loss 
for the Rams. And, you know, I know he's put an IR, so he's going to miss a minimum of four weeks. But that procedure that he's having, the tightrope uh, procedure, uh, typically takes around six weeks to recover from. So I, I have the belief that Cup is going to miss uh, more than four weeks. And I wouldn't be surprised if he missed the entire season. When I look at this Rams team, what, they're three and six, uh, they're going nowhere fast. They got booed at halftime. They had a, a low of 77 total yards. It was the uh, worst halftime, I mean, first half performance in Sean McVay's era and uh, with the Rams. So they have a whole lot to fix, and it's not getting better anytime soon because Matthew Stafford is still in concussion protocol at the time of this recording, and so they don't have their starting quarterback. They won't have their best receiver for at least a month, and their defense is playing tired. They're playing tired, and Jalen Ramsey alluded to it in multiple press conferences this year where they can barely get a drink of Gatorade when they go on the sideline because the <laughs> offense is about to go three and out. Oh, and man. Aaron, Aaron Donald, yes, he's the best defensive tackle in football, the best defender in football, but he's not having the overall impact as you know the Rams would like or probably he would like because I mean he's playing tired too and he's getting double and triple team because they don't have anybody else who can consistently rush the passer. So it's a lot to ask for Aaron Donald to hey, please beat this double and triple team every single play so you can save us. I mean he's getting <laughs> it is uh, tough to ask for. So the Rams they look just about done. Not to mention they got swept by the 49ers this year again. Yep, again. So and they're than that looking up at the entire division, and they're last in the NFC West, which is crazy to say right now. They are last in the AFC West. Looking up, yeah, even at the Arizona Cardinals, who beat them? Now, I, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to that say. Was that was a tough that's, – that's tough when the Cardinals beat you at home. At home. That's really bad. I mean, I know Matt Stafford didn't play. I know Cup got injured, but I mean, I don't know. Cardinals are another headache in themselves. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and they beat I them quite about... handily too. It wasn't really close. Yeah. The oh yeah. Um, look, I, I can hear Jalen Ramsey's frustrations. Um, Aaron Donald still doesn't want to see me. You know, oh, if I was our center, Aaron Donald doesn't um, want to see me at center. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I was right then. I'm right now again, Tyler. Um, and I think the Rams, this offense might be done for, man. Um, you know, if Matt Stafford's going to have to put a lot on his shoulders, um, and I think maybe that offense changes. I mean, it obviously has to change. There, it goes from literally Cooper Cup is one, one A, one B, two, three, four, all the way to finding other people on this roster here. Um, Tyler Higbee is going to be their number one target now. Stop it. Yeah, you go, go from pick Cooper Cup to Tyler. <laughs> go, go pick him up in your fantasy if you haven't got him already. Um, this is a title defense that has not gone well, and they're three and six. And you know, what if they lose a couple games? They get a top draft. Oh wait, they don't have any draft picks either. Yeah, uh, they don't got those to uh, replace the team. The Rams remind me of like, you know, when the Lakers win a title, when like you had to say the Lakers did you. You no, no, but, say. like, you know, when they go all in for titles, they got nothing in the tank after that run, you know what I'm saying? And then it mm-hmm. takes a long time for that franchise to rebuild. I didn't think the Rams think it would – I didn't think it would sink to this level this quickly for the Rams. Um, you went all in, you put your chips at the table, but this is what happens when you give a first-round picks. You don't have an influx of talent that really carries that team anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just depending on older guys, older guys, older guys – when you need to depend on younger guys, younger guys, younger guys. Um, so I'm interested to see how the Rams not only, you know, rebound the rest of the season, but what this team looks like in the future, I don't think it's going to be good, Tyler. I still think their future, they can salvage their future. I believe you um, and agree with you that this year is probably over. Uh, but next year, you got to hit on those late-round picks. And maybe make a trade, um, you know, to get a a legitimate number two receiver. Allen Robinson is not working out in L.A. He's playing okay, but I don't think the system is a good fit for him. So maybe trade him for a mid-round pick. I think 
you can get a mid-round pick for him. I would like to see Allen Robinson with a team like the Baltimore Ravens, who need a receiver. And so you get a mid-round pick for Allen Robinson. The teams have gotten really good receivers uh, with number two, number three, number four uh, round draft picks. So I think they need that. Their offensive line certainly needs to get healthy. They've been depleted up front with injuries. So you get offensive linemen back. Next year, Ram, the Rams could still be in the mix. They got to get over that 49ers hump, though, because the 49ers have beat them down in the regular season. Yes, they have. Tyler, who got the biggest win uh, last week? Was it the Bucks? Uh, was it the Bucks or was it the Packers? The biggest win? That's a good question. Out of well, I think the Vikings got the biggest win, but but out of out those of two the, teams, out of those two teams, I would probably say the Packers. The Packers saved their season. The Bucks, <laughs> they're still probably going to win that division, no matter how bad they play. Because you look at the other teams in that division, they're mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, the Packers, they have to keep float with the Minnesota Vikings. They're probably not going to catch them, but they can still sneak in a, a wild card berth in the playoffs. So they need to start winning games here. They dug themselves into a huge hole, but that was a must-win game for the Green Bay Packers, which all these games down the stretch are almost going to be must-wins for Green Bay. Dude, Green Bay had five straight losses. Five mm-hmm. straight losses. You lost to the Giants. You lost to the Jets, both at home. You mm-hmm. lost to the Commanders in Washington. You lost to the Bills in Buffalo. You lost to the Detroit Lions. Doesn't get Detroit. any worse than that. Bro, they needed that win over Dallas like a fish out of water needs air. Like water, So right? answer your Excuse own me. question. <clears throat> the Packers got the biggest win. Okay. Um, and I think the – I I just don't know how much – the Packers are going to sustain this, right? Like you got the Titans coming into Green Bay on Thursday night football. Typically that Thursday night football game favors the home team a lot more than it does the road team. Um, We'll see how that goes for the Packers, but that's another must win for them. Um, At Eagles, at Chicago, you got a layup against the Rams at home. That's going to be a layup. A layup? A A layup. layup. (laughs) It's going to be a layup for the Packers. Um, Look, I think – Aaron Rodgers has to put a lot on his shoulders here. I think that's it was a big win, but he's going to have to continue finding his receivers and getting throwing good footballs to his receivers to get them not only just open but scoring. That hasn't been happening in the last five weeks. Um, And the run game, too, A.J. Dillon and and Aaron Jones have done really well there, too. But like you said, the Bucs have the softest uh, division. You're in there with the Panthers and the Falcons. Like, that's your only competition. Um, I think the Bucs will be fine. Uh, their offense is too loaded. Julio Jones had a really good play last week. He's getting a couple of them kind of in the last couple of weeks. They're getting healthy again. Tom Brady's 2-0 since the divorce won final, Tyler. Oh, Lord. 2-0. 2-0. City boys up. Just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I think the Bucks and Packers might be on their way back. I just I, I'm not too all the way. Uh, I want to see more from the Packers. They need a win over the Titans on Thursday. Do you believe the Packers will make the playoffs this year? No, I don't think so. I think their schedule is too tough. Um, And especially when you talk about teams like, um, you know, the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants are doing well in their division. Mm -hmm. Minnesota's running away with it. Um, I I don't know what's going to happen outside of the 49ers. You know, is is the, uh, excuse me, are the Seahawks really about that life? Are they really going to, um, you know, take a playoff spot from, from anybody? because they are leading in the NFC West over San Francisco. Um, and, you know, who's going to be playing Tampa Bay? I, Tampa's going to be on the road. I think Tampa's probably going to be like the fifth or sixth seed. Um, excuse they'll me, be four be the if they won the division, yeah. They'll be fourth. They'll be fourth. But they should be a fifth or sixth seed based on their records. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so somebody's going to have to go to Tampa Bay, and they're going to have a better record and, and all that stuff. And um, I just I don't know if the Packers can make it. So they're nine right now. They have the Commanders, the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Giants ahead of them. Uh, and those are the wild card uh, for competing for the wild card spots. You have to imagine Seattle's going to drop and San Francisco is going to take their place atop. And then, I mean, 
can you catch the Commanders? Can you catch maybe yeah. Seattle? Can you catch the Giants? The Giants have two losses, but you look at a team like the Commanders, they have five. The Cowboys have three. And they beat the Cowboys. They own the tiebreak over that, over them. I'm, I'm it's going to be Tyler. tough. I'm sorry, Tyler. We're looking at the standings, and I just see Detroit Lions, three and six. LA Rams, three and six. Carolina Panthers, three and seven. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, which one of these teams do not belong? Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of uh, mediocre to terrible football teams in the NFL. A lot. Sure I'm pretty sure, Emily, did you know that San Francisco beat both LA teams? Oh, and the base better season? than LA. Producer Emily is frozen on my screen, by the way. Beat the Rams and then and, and beat the Chargers, Producer Emily. And the base better than that way. Um, I uh, noted that in my, my column, screen. too. I, I noted that in my column that they swept um, the L.A. teams. And the base better than um, that way. I don't know whose voice that is. But, uh, yeah, the 49ers, what can I say? The 49ers, they're the best team on the West Coast. The best team on the West Coast. And the yeah, base better than West that Coast. Way. Oh, my goodness. How many yeah. times are we going to play that? Uh, <laughs> I think it was, uh, that was a, a great amount of times, actually. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Following up on the biggest topic from last week, uh, Jeff Saturday and the Colts rolled into Las Vegas Got a huge win over the Raiders last week. I'm laughing as I say this because, Tyler, how the hell does Jeff Saturday, a beloved Colts legend, just walk through the door and within a matter of four days, five days maybe, if that, you galvanize an entire team, an entire coaching staff with more motivation than a coach on the other side, Josh McDaniels, who's been with that team since – January this year, and they've only won two games this season while the Colts just won their third game and might mess up everything that they need to do for a top three pick. Um, That's another story. But, Tyler, how the hell does Jeff Saturday do that? How do you galvanize a team so much within the first couple days and beat a team with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr and the guy who ran Bill Belichick's offense with Tom Brady for so many years? He pretty much took the words right out of my mouth. That game is pretty much more an indictment on the Raiders than it is um, about Jeff Saturday's performance as a first-time head coach. You have a novice head coach, a first-time offensive coordinator, and your team looks more functional, more organized, playing together, playing with more passion than a Raiders team that many thought could could win the AFC West title going into this season. Definitely a playoff team. I had them going to the playoffs. Uh, that certainly looks like it's not going to happen this year. So it is an indictment on the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, you had Derek Carr pretty much crying at his post-game press conference, had tear in his eyes. He was emotional uh, about that loss and how maybe not everybody is officially bought in. Devontae Adams is voicing his frustration that, you know, it might not mean the same uh, to some of his teammates as it does to him and some of the other players. So the Raiders, they need an intervention. They need a team meeting, <laughs> similar to what the Colts had a, a few weeks ago, because they are playing just lifeless football. It doesn't look like – they just look like they're going through the motions and ready uh-huh. for this season to end. And yeah. you have to point at – McDaniels, the head coach, and then you have to point at all the players in that locker room. Uh, I I know Devonta Adams wants to win because he balled out. Derek Carr, yes, he has his flaws. He is not, you know, one of these elite quarterbacks, but he makes enough plays to win games. The Raiders' defense, especially their secondary, is pretty bad. Their run defense is bad. Uh, Chandler Jones, I don't know where he's been since he's left the Arizona Cardinals. Max Crosby's making plays here and there, but the Raiders, man, they are looking awful. But shout out to Jeff Saturday. He is, I'll say this, I understand why Jim Ursay hired him. I don't agree with it, but I understand. He is a good people person. Uh, 
people would want to play for him, especially players. He's very passionate. He's nice. He cares a whole lot. He's a very nice human being. And you can see that in his, you know, post-game press conferences. You can see him in the clips when, when he, you know, was in the locker room after the win with his team. People would want to play for him. He's a player's coach, like you said. However, he just doesn't have that experience. And so that's why I lambasted <laughs> the ent- entire situation. However, I can see why Je- Jeff Saturday was named head, the interim head coach. But whew, it's more than an indictment on the Raiders, man. Stop it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, you had... You know, you, you you look at the players on that team, and I'm not sure how many players on that team still remain from the John Gruden. Um, what was that GM's name that was on NFL Network? I forgot his name. Mike Mayock. You know, how many players are on that Mike from that Mike Mayock, John Gruden mold in Las Vegas? Now you have another coach in Josh McDaniels, and like you're hearing all this rah rah, and it means nothing to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then some people are buying in with the new coach and the guys with the old coach are not buying in. These are things that happen with NFL teams every single year. Um, and the Raiders is just showing a lot more than than others. And the sad part is the Raiders and Broncos are like literally the teams supposed to be good adding to nowhere and they're playing each other this week. Um, but I got a bold prediction. I got a bold prediction, though, Tyler. The uh, if the Colts keep winning, Derek Carr is going to be their quarterback next year. Hmm. I, I like that. I uh, like producer, that. Producer Emily made the same noise with her face just now on mute that you just made just now. Derek <laughs> Carr is going to be the quarterback of the Colts next year because Jeff Saturday is going to lead the Colts too many wins. They're not going to get a top three pick in the draft for a quarterback. And now let's add another quarterback into the mix as if we didn't learn our lesson with Jacoby Brissett and 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 uh, Carson Wentz. And, and hey, Philip Rivers, you had a great year for us, but you retired afterwards. And then, you know, Matt Ryan. And then there was another former Patriot in there, Matt Hoyer. You know, uh, you, you get the drift I'm going here, too. I think the, Derek Carr is definitely in that mold. So my only problem with that is Devontae Adams is going to have to sign off on that. Because half of the reason why he came to Las Vegas is to play with his best friend Derek Carr and to be close, half. and to be closer to home. No, no, it really is half. Trust me. <laughs> and if you trade away Derek Carr, Devonte Adams might request a trade to a contender because he does want to win football games, and that's why he's frustrated now. Uh, so if you trade away Derek. You, I mean, you better have some good in return. Maybe, maybe you have that top three pick, and you go get uh, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Uh, but I don't know that that is a bold prediction. I do like it. I do like it. However, just, I don't yeah. know if it's going to happen. And Derek Carr, he, I know he doesn't have a whole lot of power, but he wants to be on the West Coast too. He's from Bakersfield, yeah, played sure. at Fresno State. Sure, he man. wants to. He likes being on the West Coast. So going to Indiana when you a Cali boy, yeah. trust me, Soffit. That, that doesn't yeah. work out too well. <laughs> I'm going to trust you, Tyler. But um, I don't know, man. I think Devontae Adams got 67.5 million reasons uh, why he joined the Raiders. He, he can than, get that elsewhere, Soffit. That's, that's more than half of the reason why he joined the Raiders, not Derek Carr. No, All right. Not Derek, Derek Carr, Carr, too, though. Devontae Adams would catch a touchdown pass from me and you for $67.5 million as well. Uh, I don't think uh, Derek Carr's influence had enough to do with that. Safed, do you think that Devontae Adams would be a Las Vegas Raider without Derek Carr? And do you think Devontae yeah. Adams is not getting $67 million from another franchise? Yeah, He's the but... best receiver in the NFL. So, yeah, Ty- Tyreek Hill got, is getting paid $70 million. And he's got two Tonga Bailo inside of Patrick Mahomes. And it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If I'm a receiver and I'm going to get that bag, I'm going to go get that bag. <laughs> Miami is a whole lot different than a lot of other cities, though. Man, could you imagine Tua and Devontae Adams? Oh, right? Lord. Everything goes back to Tua and the Dolphins for you. I don't, ha- I don't have to because Tyreek Hill's here. You know, that's, 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 
different thing. Your Rams, your Rams don't have another receiver after uh, Cooper Cup. I'm sorry. Man. They don't. They don't. I'm sorry. Sorry. Maybe they'll go uh, trade for Jamar Chase since we're playing fantasy football here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler, every week on USA Today Sports, you give us your weekly coaching grades after every team's win and loss. Uh, three teams really stuck out to me for this week's edition, Tyler, so I'm interested to get your feedback here. After the Washington Commanders knocked off the Philadelphia Eagles this week, gave the Commanders coaching staff an A. Tell me why your reasons were for that. So, Safa, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm kind of old school. And I like old school smash mouth football. I like Mm -hmm. run-oriented offenses, love what the Ravens do, but I love what the Commanders did. They ran the football 49 times against the Eagles and possessed the football for over 40 minutes. And you can see it, how it affected the Eagles. They were discombobulated on offense. They had no rhythm. Jalen Hurts and the receivers, they they weren't on the field, so they didn't have Mm -hmm. any rhythm. And the Washington offense just milked the clock and ran it down the Eagles' throat without Jordan Davis, their star defensive tackle. And so that was a winning formula for the commanders. And if they do that, I know it's not sexy football, and it's not football that a whole bunch of fans want to see. Fans want to see – 30, 40, 50 passes a game in high-scoring yeah. games. But when you can run the football effectively, milk the clock, get four, five yards of carry, and impose your will running the football, that's a winning formula. And that's what the commanders did, and that's why they beat the Eagles and put a blemish on their stainless record. How many yards per carry? I mean, the rate. Washington ran a lot. They didn't run far. It's three point one yards. They didn't. They didn't. But it, if you get hey, if you get three yards to carry, rest three times, fourth and one. Run again three more times. <laughs> you got Riverboat Ron. Why not? Right. Simple math. Simple math. Simple math. I think the dominating of the clock meant a lot more than the rushing um, total for Washington too. But. You run the ball against Philly and you take the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands. I think those are two recipes for success. I think that's a recipe for success against Mahomes and Josh Allen, too. Uh, Let's get into another team that got a grade from you, the Chicago Bears, with a C, an average grade of a C, uh, losing to the Detroit Lions at home last week. Why'd you give the Bears a C? So the Bears are the second team in NFL history to have over 2,000 rushing yards in their first 10 games. They joined the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, that they lead the NFL in rushing. They're definitely doing good running the football, especially Justin Fields. However, they're losing these games. <laughs> so I have a knock on them for losing, but they're slowly but surely figuring out their identity. They do need some some type of passing offense. They do need, you know, to diversify their offense a little bit more. Their defense can't stop a nosebleed. They've given up over 30 points the past three games. But you kind of see their arrow moving up slowly but surely in Chicago. So that's why I gave them a C. We know they're rebuilding, but they're competitive in these games. And they found their identity. So that's why I give them an average C grade. Yeah, I actually really like how the Bears have been playing. Um, Justin Fields is getting that offense rolling. They looked really good offensively against the Cowboys, against the Dolphins, and against the Lions. They just lost all those games, man. That kind of just—that's kind of what happens when you give up Raquan Smith and, and and get rid of Robert Quinn and kind of trade it in there. But um, they offensively, I think they found the recipe. I think, um, and that's good. Because the first half of the season, they didn't have an offense whatsoever. They had probably one of the worst offenses. So I can see why you gave them a C grade. I think they break out this week in Atlanta. Mm. Um, There's going to be a lot of uh, runs in that game, South It. It's going to be a lot of runs in that game. People won't like watching that game. There might be about 100 uh, rushing attempts. (laughs) No, definitely won't be. Uh, One more coaching grade from you, Tyler. And it's not really a coaching staff grade. It's really just a play. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played to Tom Brady on the sideline. What grade did you give that one, Tyler? 
So, Safa, it's funny. In our USA Today picks, I picked the Seahawks, but in another league, I picked the Bucks. And I I should have switched in our USA Today poll because I, I had a feeling that. the Bucks were going to win. Now, when that play happened, I thought it changed momentum of the game, and I thought the Seahawks <laughs> were going to come all the way back. Why does Brian Leftwich in his playbook have a trick play that ends up with Tom Brady trying to catch a fade pass from Leonard Fournette, a 45-year-old Tom Brady. I think he yeah. slipped on purpose too, by the way. When you see that play, <laughs> there was no effort to get the ball. I think he slipped. I think he saw that he was clearly covered, and he was not going to catch that ball. Tom Brady, we've seen in the past, he doesn't have any bailed? hands. Tom Brady bailed? No, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, he slipped on purpose. Oh, yeah. I, I think so. I, I think I think he slipped on purpose. You said it, and I'm going to say it in another another way. Like, Byron Leftwich is going to have to go into some coaching interviews and answer for that question, man. He's got to answer for that play. That, that was rough. That was really rough. That was really rough. Safet, I will be confident with all three of us covering Tom Brady on a fade route. All three of us. I oh, would I'm have locking, complete confidence. I'm locking Tom Brady up, Tyler. I'm locking him up. I mean, you might not be able to defend some of his passes, but I think you you might be able to defend him successfully on a fade route. One thousand percent. I'm locking him up, locking him up like I lock up Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald doesn't want to see me at center. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Also, I I I regret going that far. Also, yeah. um, You know what? (laughs) See, just for that, in in Arizona this year, I really hope Aaron Donald is going to be there. He won't be playing. He won't be playing. <laughs> he won't be playing. But you know how players get, come to the Super Bowl festivities. I, I, I'm yeah. going to play Aaron Donald that tape, and I hope you're next to me. And so you can answer for that. All right, so that brings us to our last segment of the podcast. We like to wrap here with our predictions. I promise one day, probably after Thanksgiving, I will retally the scores and let you know who's winning and who's losing. But right now, we're just picking here, and we're going to have to go with some blind faith uh, in in who's leading. So we're going to start off with our NFL picks and then wrap with a little bit of a special surprise with the uh, the other football taking center stage next week. So starting off here with the NFL, we're going to look to Sunday. We're going to look at the no longer undefeated Eagles at the Colts, 1 p.m. Safed, what do you think out of this game? Tyler, it's a good game to pick because Jonathan Taylor is the Eagles' weakness pretty much, right? Like, the Colts can play into Philly's weakness, run the ball, run it up the middle, run it a lot, and um, maybe you pull out with a win like Washington did last week. Um, I just don't know if the Colts have enough talent around them. I don't even know if Washington had it, to be honest, but I'm taking the Eagles in this one. (laughs) I'm just going to play it safe. Jeff Saturday's luck runs out. I think the Eagles, Already? they're going to be motivated after losing. They know that teams are going to run the football against them. I think they're going to be prepared for that. And they get back to their winning ways. I got the Eagles. All right, looking ahead to our next game. Sometimes we put games on here, not because they're great games, but because it's a little bit difficult to pick between these two teams. And we're going to go to the another 1 p.m. game. Or, sorry, we're going to go to a 4.05 game. I don't even know the time of this game because I probably won't be watching it. We've got the Raiders, <laughs> who are, we've talked plenty about them, struggling plenty at the Broncos. Tyler, who is going to win this game? If the Raiders lose this game, I can see them it being uh, just <laughs> totally discombobulated in that locker room and just hysteria. So I think they're they're going to win this game, and I don't trust Russell Wilson and this Broncos team. The Broncos are like trying to rebuild. They just traded away Bradley Chubb, as you know, Zafit. So I do think the Raiders they find a way to win this game. However, it's going to be ugly on both sides. (laughs) It's going to be really ugly on both sides. I just don't know if Denver has, like, anything it takes to win. Mm -hmm. They can beat Jacksonville all the way in Europe. I think they should have stayed over there. Um, I don't know if they could do anything to the Raiders. And that's if the Raiders want it. That's really if the Raiders want it. They can do it with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. You know, I'm going to take Denver at home. I'm going to pick the Broncos. 
Okay. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I'm going to pick the Broncos pretty soundly. All right. I'm happy with that. I am happy with that for sure. So we'll move on to this 425 game. One team that had a upsetting loss, you would say, last week to the Packers is the Dallas Cowboys at a team that had a surprising victory with the Vikings. So that's Cowboys at Vikings this week. Safed, who do you have? I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. I think the uh, the letdown after the Buffalo game is going to be really big for Minnesota. Um, Dallas is coming in after a loss. I think that motivates them a little bit more. You're playing indoors in Minneapolis, too. That's going to help them a lot. Then it didn't help them in Green Bay. Um, I think Dak is going to be okay. We had a rough game against the Packers in that fourth quarter. Um, but if there's a team to have a rough game you can come back against, I think it's the Vikings. I just want to see if the Vikings have it in them, if they're going to actually – mess up and lose a game instead of mess up and then overcome and win again. I think the Vikings probably do for a loss here. I'm going to, I'm going to break the Cowboys. Everything you said makes a lot of sense. The Vikings had an emotional win. I think they emptied the tank against the bills. However, I don't trust the Cowboys. You know how I feel about the Cowboys. They make a mistake when they really at the most inopportune time, the Cowboys are going to lose this game. I got the Vikings. All right. I'm liking how these picks are going. I'm very surprised by that Cowboys pick (laughs) from you, Safed. But uh, I'm happy with how these are going. So let's move on to the second 425 game. And that is a division matchup with the Bengals at the Steelers. Both of these teams recently beat the Saints. The Steelers, maybe they're finding their way. Is Mike Tomlin going to be able to pull out another winning season? Or is his streak Mm. ending this year? We've got the Bengals at the Steelers. Safed, who do you have? Everything is telling me to take the Bengals in this one, but there's a big thing that happened here. Uh, T.J. Watt's back for the last two weeks, and that's a completely different team with T.J. Watt. Um, and the Bengals don't have Jamar Chase, and they had him last time against J.J. Watt and lost. So I'm going to take the Steelers at home, man. I'm going to take the Steelers at home. I don't know how they're going to score. But uh, I, I know how they're going to defend Joe Burrow, and it's going to be really well. Minka Fitzpatrick might play in the, that game too, and he will look like the best football player ever against the Bengals. <laughs> that game. That's because of TJ Watt. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to pick the Bengals in this one. I'm going to pick the Bengals. I, I think that you know it, it's it's not a must win, but they if they want to get back to the playoffs, they need to start winning some games here. I do like what Joe Burrow has been doing, even without Jamar Chase, especially if they get Joe Mixon involved. That's the key. Got to get Joe Mixon involved. I got the Bengals. I'm starting to believe you guys talked before and just agreed to pick opposite mm. this whole week. I'm catching on. I'm catching on. It's the All least right. we could do. All fun. right. Let's move on to our last game. We're looking at the 8:20 Sunday night game. We've got the Chiefs against the Chargers. The injury bug is all around LA and the Chargers are not immune to this. And the Chiefs, well, they're still playing like the Chiefs. So, Tyler, who are you picking in this game? I think I'm going to surprise y'all on this pick. Now, I wish I wish I had a chance to change it, like uh, some wiggle room, because if the Chargers get Mike Williams back, just pick both and, teams, bro, just and Keenan Allen back, if I will be teams, more confident. Tyler. And I'm hearing that there is some optimism that those receivers can play this week. So they don't have any optimism. Those receivers don't give I anybody do, optimism. I do. <laughs> I did say before the season that these two teams are going to split their season series. So I'm going to stick to it. I have the Chargers. What? I have the Chargers. What? Against the Kansas City Chiefs. I am not picking the Chiefs again. Safed, I already know you're going to pick the Chiefs. I got the Chargers. But if they Tyler, if they don't have Mike Williams and Kenan Allen, they're going to lose. Tyler, I'm so disappointed in you. Not only did you stick to what you normally do, and that's pick both teams. Um... You actually had the nerve to pick the Chargers. Those Chargers are the most broken down team. They're like last year's Ravens, dude. Yeah. I told you before the season, Mike Williams and and Keenan Allen, them boys, they were not going to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Joey Bosa and Rashawn Slater are in the not staying healthy mix for that team. I don't JC know how you Jackson can pick them. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you can pick the Chargers in any game the rest of the year. 
I have Justin Herbert on my fantasy team. That's the worst decision I've ever made in my whole life. Um, I should have picked Tua. I should have picked Tua. I'm going with Kansas City and the Chiefs here. I think Mahomes and Herbert, it's not going to be a game where they both light it up. I think Herbert is definitely going to fall flat because he has nobody to throw to. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again, producer Emily. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. You had that barbecue. Got you feeling a certain way. <laughs> the game's, City the game's in LA. The game's Kansas in LA. You got to have barbecue. Roscoe, Soffit. Oh, the game's in LA. Home the producer in LA. Emily. See? Wow. Got some home cooking. I think I, I'm i optimistic that Keenan see. Allen and Mike Williams just, are going to play. You just love you. You might have to play Tyler. Them boys can't do nothing out there. I might you just like your somewhere. LA teams, man. You like your LA teams, man. That's what it is. They're not doing good. The Dodgers not- lost. The Lakers are terrible. The Rams are terrible, and the Chargers, their entire team, hey, is man. in the medical center. So at least yes, you got the it's tough at least time. at least you got the Forty ers right? They're not. They're the better than that. Don't one. play it. I knew it. I knew it. I will say you do have a current champion in L.A., and that's LAFC, the Los Angeles Football Club, that recently oh, yeah. won the Major League Soccer oh, yeah. Championship yeah. MLS Cup against MLS. the Philadelphia Union, which is a perfect segue into our final pick. And I'm just going to give a 10-point bonus when I – actually start tallying these up and and make an effort to do it that if anyone correctly picks the world cup which starts on november 20th this sunday Mm. the host qatar is playing against ecuador the u.s men's national team is in it again for the first time since missing out in 2018 the last time the men played was in 2014 safed Who is going to be the World Cup champion this year, and what player do you have winning the Golden Ball? This is really good, and my first couple choices, when I looked them up, they all just happened to be like the top three favorites when I looked up the favorites of the World Cup. Um, I want to see Argentina win. I would love to see Lionel Messi finally get the World Cup. Um, I I, I think France might have a better chance, although they're missing a couple guys. Um. Yeah, I would say Mbappe would be my uh, Mbappe. Mbappe. Mbappe would be my uh, my golden boot. I think he's going to be the best player in the tournament. So you're just so I have it down. So you're going Argentina to win, but Mbappe yes. to get the golden ball. Yes, I think Mbappe is going to be the highest scorer in the World Cup. So high score is golden boot. Should we switch oh. to high score? We can I switch to you... high score. Let's just switch you to win high both? score. No, we'll go, we'll go Golden Boot. So I'm switching it up. We'll go Golden Boot, which is the the highest score in the tournament, which will be a little bit different from the winning team. So you've got Kylian Mbappe from France winning the Golden Boot for most goals in the tournament. And you've got Argentina and Lionel Messi winning his first World Cup, uh, which would put him back in that conversation of the greatest Argentine footballer of all time, him or Maradona, and he'd finally get that trophy. So now I go to Tyler. Tyler, who do you think is winning the tournament and what player is going to score the most goals? Okay. So at first I was leaning towards France to repeat as world cup champion. Producer Emily didn't think I knew that, but (laughs) they are going to be without Paul Pongba. Emily didn't think I knew his name either. Um, So that's going to be a huge loss for France. So I really do think I'm going to stay in the South America soffit, but I'm going to go Brazil, Brazil to All win right. it. They've won the most World Cups in history. Emily did not think I knew that either. Um, <laughs> I think Neymar is going to have a coming out party in this World Cup. They were Ooh. very frustrated when they did not win the World Cup when it was in uh, Brazil a few years back. I do think. Mbappe, I hope I'm saying his name right, is going to win the Golden Boot, though. I do like his chances because France doesn't have a whole lot of other goal scorers since Paul Pongba is out with the injury. But I got Brazil. Tyler takes the favorite. All right, so you're gonna go. Bo- you're gonna both go, Killian and Mbappe. I I was very impressed, although it's not Pongba, it's Pogba. But oh. I will forgive you there. I'll forgive you. The you technical there. mistakes. See how she and- grades me, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think uh, I think Brazil's a good choice as well. Brazil is bringing not one, 
not two, not three. They are bringing nine forwards to the World Cup. So while Neymar might be a breakout, it's a good to stay away from him for your golden boot winner because they were, they'll were they have plenty of wealth in the goal scoring area there for Brazil. So we'll see if uh, who gets the 10 bonus points uh, at the end of the year on their picks that will be tallied at one point in time. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. We got both footballs into the mix this week. We'll be keeping track of the World Cup for sure with producer Emily. And we're going to be still very much in tune with the NFL season here with myself and Tyler. Guys, if you haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store and in your Google Play. Remember, guys, we want you to fan harder with USA Today Sports. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder.